guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of Millennial Mirrors, a discussion on millennial life in the Middle East. Our episode today is going to be about conflict with culture. Um, it's something we see all the time in the region where people feel torn apart between what they want to do and what their cultures and traditions deem acceptable or unacceptable. So for me, culture is an important topic that I see popping up a lot in the work I do in both the private and public sector working with leaders. Whenever people are challenged to do something that they don't want to do or they deem to be too difficult, I hear the phrase, no, this will never work in our culture or we cannot do this in our culture. And it drives me absolutely crazy. So to discuss culture with me today, we have Mohammed Nseba and Nizar Saleh, who are the guys behind Naqashna, a platform from Community Debate in Kuwait. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being on the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and Naqashna? Thank you, Mishari. Thank you for having us. Um, I am Nizar Saleh. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I dedicate my life to try and solve problems. Uh, of different sorts, uh, but Nikashna was a different uh, thing for me. Uh, Nikashna was to uh, yeah, try and solve a problem, you know, without uh, without the motive of uh, business, without the motive of money. It was just to try and uh, talk, to overcome the obstacles of uh, communication, and try to hear other people out. It was uh, it came out of something very simple, which is. I want to hear other people's opinions without any uh, hate, without any, uh, you know, hard feelings. Okay. And what about you, Mohammed? I'm Mohammed Nseba. I am in the oil and gas industry. And I moved back to Kuwait when I was 27. I basically spent nine years in the U.S. I studied there. I worked there for about four and a half years. And I was there for two presidential, well, actually, no, three presidential elections. And I got to see uh, debate in terms of, on the presidential level. I got to see discussion, politics at different levels. So when I moved back, I think it was one or two episodes where there was a parliamentary election. And I noticed that the level of disagreement was very personal. Mm. Uh, people, you know, took things personally. They, there was ad hominems everywhere. And... The level of dissent or the level of, of discussion wasn't to the level that I feel was productive, was useful. And that really started the ball rolling. And it was a lunch I had with Nizar and there was uh, my colleague at work, Abdullah Lugman. Mm -hmm. uh, the three of us actually came up with the idea that, hey, why don't we start a platform where we throw out controversial uh, local top topics that are relevant to us and let's hear different opinions the idea here is we're all surrounded by social circles and more or less our social circles give or take pretty much think like us that's why mm -hmm. we hang out with them that's why we chose to be their friends right and the idea here is what we wanted to do is bring together all these different social circles that make up society so we give everybody an opportunity to hear something different that they don't hear on a day-to-day -day basis. A new idea, a new way of thinking. And basically, so we can either accept it, we can either not accept it, but respect it. And that really is the idea behind Naqashna. So what are some of the things that surprised you guys about the debates? You want to take this one? Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Personally, main thing that surprised me was the reaction of the crowd. Mm. 
Okay. This is this is something that I could have never predicted. Uh, one specific uh, incident was uh, was was the, uh, the either the second or third debate. You help me out, Mohammed, yep. which was um, giving the nationality or the Kuwaiti citizenship to uh, kids of. Kuwaiti females mm-hmm. so essentially females that marry non-Kuwaitis can't give the citizenship to their kids right. whereas a male that marries a non-Kuwaiti can so the debate was are you are you for or against mm-hmm. uh, Kuwaiti female giving citizenship to a kid uh, one comment after the debate was from a, a guy my age mm-hmm. with a Kuwaiti mother non-Kuwaiti father and uh, he was very and he open and honest and, and said يعني, am I not entitled to be a Kuwaiti? I was born here. My mother is Kuwaiti. Everything I know is about Kuwait. And that, يعني, that, that hit me. Mm. To, to hear him open up such a personal part and, and to hear how people had, whether it was this topic or others, right. but people had a lot they want to say. Uh, and that was the main thing that shocked me about Nikashna, how much people wanted to talk. And uh, let me jump in, because part of the, the debates is not just to hear the speakers. Part of it is to open it up to the crowd so that the different social circles can get involved, can speak, yeah. can talk, and exchange ideas. Uh, one thing that surprised me is the amount of intellectual material that comes in from the audience. Uh, very well read, very well researched, uh, great questions. And in that specific debate, uh, which Nizar was referring to, people were living a, s- a certain situation, so it was very personal to them, but yet maintained composure, uh, very classy with asking questions, even though the other side was, you know, uh, arguing or debating, is the word, against their personal situation. Right. Um, to, to me, that's a testament to both uh, the actual people in the crowd which represents society. And, you know, credit goes to Nizar for maintaining tone, uh, giving a nice, soothing introduction, introducing why topics are introduced, tying it to our day-to-day life, and and so on. So what's the hottest topic you guys have had? I'd say... Fasl uh, al-Din al-Dawla, separation of religion and state. I'd say hands down... That was uh, the most controversial one. I remember just walking in uh, before starting. It was like uh, five minutes before kickoff. And I walk over to Nizar. And we both just kind of looked at each other. Abdullah was with us too, all three of us. And I looked at Nizar and I said, you feel that? Mm-hmm. And he said, I do. And he's talking about the tension in the air. Mm-hmm. Nobody was saying a word mm-hmm. from the audience. Everybody's just sitting and waiting. But it was just pure tension. And when when the debate actually kicked off and Nizar did his introduction and whatnot, I was sitting in the back and I wasn't looking at the debate per se. All I was doing was looking at the audience. I was just sitting there observing the audience okay. and seeing how they were taking. Because, you know, we're talking about religion here. Mm-hmm. People are raised, born, uh, have strong feelings towards religion. It's It's a belief. It's it's the way people uh, have lived, uh, you know. Uh, it's a belief system that shapes the way people act, etc. And so, any time that's on that's that's uh, being discussed, uh, even you know we're not discussing religion itself, but we're talking about it in a political sense, that still hits home and that's still personal to a lot of people. 
And what's, what, was, what was the reaction from, I guess, the audience during that debate, considering how, I guess, tense the topic was? Uh, in the beginning, I'd say it was polarized. Huh? Mm. Yeah, uh, People came. Uh, the four were sitting on one side of the room. The against were sitting on the other side of the room. Uh, as the debate slowly unraveled, people still stuck to their uh, beliefs. Huh? This is not mm. something that you'd hear a debate and you'd jump whereas other topics you might do that but uh, close to the end of the debate you know you'd see that at least they started appreciating yeah. okay that this person you know was in front of us talking etc etc and, and we tried to push that listen at the end we're doing this for all of us it's not to say that this is right or this is wrong yeah. we all want to hear each other out so close to the end I felt that there was you know hey okay I, I kind of heard you out Okay. Yeah, I mean, I attended your last debate, and I think the framing you guys use is is very, very important because it kind of sets the stage for, guys, we are here to have a conversation. (laughs) We are not here to say one side is right and one side is wrong. I mean, that's one of the reasons also why I dedicated, like, a whole episode at at the beginning of the podcast series just talking about why I'm doing this Mm -hmm. and how I'm not saying we have any answers. I'm not saying we're arguing against this or we're saying this. I'm just saying have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, about the different things that are going on in your life at the moment, whether it be culture or independence or or what have you. Definitely. Um, uh, Mishad, if you, if you don't mind me jumping in. Go ahead. One interesting thing I felt out of that debate mm-hmm. is it highlighted in the end of the debate that as polarizing as both sides seem, they actually agree on a lot of things. And, and, and some of the insecurities and fears one side had of the other, the other also had you know of of the other side and and i felt they both kind of reassured each other so l- let me give you an example mm. you know the 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 secular side would were always fearful of of like extremist states that that you know could practice uh you know extreme versions of of religion which could lead to you know models of government like like our surrounding states mm-hmm. and you know, the religious side would would had the fear that, that the seculars wanted to erase religion off the mm-hmm. map. And I felt both sides addressed that insecurity the other side felt. So I, I felt we walked away from the debate where both sides were kind of brought that closer together. A little closer. And I Shall felt good about that. So what do you see as some of the biggest cultural shifts happening in our society today? I'm going to jump on that. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, I believe that what I, from my my opinion, is is people have become more outspoken, have um, been more comfortable challenging the status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's because of uh, the introduction of social media over the last few years, whether it's because of you know the neighboring uh, situation uh, politically that's, that's been happening around us, but in general, or or because you know more people have 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 been traveling over the last ten fifteen years, or you know going to universities abroad, bringing some of that uh, culture back. But but the culture of just blindly accepting things because that's the way it is, I feel that's kind of shifting. That's not to say one side, you know, one thing has been done, been right or wrong. It's it's more of asking why. Uh, you know, this has been done this way for a long time. Why? 
And I think that last debate uh, kind of showed that, where, where it was about freedom of speech. And I think one of the debaters was saying, um, well, if, 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 if you're happy with the way you're doing things and you're convinced with the way you're doing things, what's the issue if the other side uh, disagrees or challenges or, or, or? And, and so essentially what he was doing is he was asking why. Mm-hmm. Um, but dissent you know, against culture in public platforms, I don't think was, was as prevalent uh, you know, five, ten years ago. Okay, so moving on to and shifting gears a bit. Do you think that sometimes people confuse culture with comfort zone and use it as a sort of get out of jail free card? Can you elaborate on get out of jail free? As in, this is making me uncomfortable. I don't want to have to face well uh, people saying things or people talking about it. And so I'd rather just say, no, this is against our culture. Uh, rather than trying to actually think about what are the real reasons why I don't want to do something. Um, let me jump in. Um, I think we, we actually faced that in our first debate topic. When we were trying to find a, a venue to host us, uh, first venue we approached was uh, Shahid Park. And they asked us, well, what's your topic? We said it was uh, the marriage topic, mm-hmm. uh, traditional marriage versus love marriage. And that topic was deemed you know, controversial and and. and, and we were asked to, to maybe find another topic that was a bit softer. But I, I think that speaks to a culture of, of you know, avoiding uh, to any topic that, that, you know, might have been touching politics, might have been touching um, religion or, or even culture itself. But without actually thinking about what the themes are, what the mission was, what... what 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 the intent of the discussion was, um, just blindly hearing the framing of a topic was an automatic rejection, and I think that's a microcosm of our society. You can take you can extrapolate that, use that at work. Um, you know, any any big organization, Kuwait, that's in the government sector. Uh, a lot of times, you ask yourself, well, "What are we doing this for? What's this step for?" Well, that's because the way we, you know, that's how it's always been done. You know, you get ten stamps, you get ten, uh, uh, you know, uh, signatures here and there. Take this here. You can probably cut out a lot of fat, but but that's just the way we we're programmed. This is how it's done, and sometimes we don't know otherwise. So, what, in your opinion, is a step in a direction away from that? Well, I, I, I actually think what we're doing is a first step. It's uh, choosing topics that are just not discussed in public. They're discussed privately in duanias and in, mm-hmm. in private settings. But would you ever have someone come on a pl- public platform and um, calling for separating, you know, state and religion? Uh, probably not. Maybe in a studio uh, yeah. with commercial breaks and stuff like that. But in, in public, you don't know who's coming from the crowd. You don't know what you're going to be asked. Um, I remember actually one of our debaters. Um, she was pretty nervous before mm-hmm. the debate, and and I asked her. I said, "Well, you've been on TV a million times. You're a public figure." And she said, "No, no, no. But this is different. Yeah. You know, it's it's the public." It could be 400 people, it could be 100 people, you know, 100 people. You don't know what they're going to ask you. Um, 
you're betting that Nizar is going to keep everything under control. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to be frank, it's a good bet. So I, I, I think that is actually a, a good step in the right direction. And just to add on to what she said, I mean, there was a question at the last debate, which was about freedom of speech yeah. from one of the guests. Uh, or And I, I, I still remember it because she was like, do you guarantee mm-hmm. if I say what I have to say that I would walk out of here safe? Mm-hmm. And in my head, I had two questions. <laughs> one, one was, what are you going to say? Gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> and then two is, who do you think we are? Like, you know, that, that it's to that extent that we're just going to, like, attack you and just, like, rip you limb from limb. Mm-hmm. I think there is this fear that's been embedded in people from such a young age of, you know, don't step outside of what's culturally appropriate. Right. And there's this boogeyman that's outside of what's culturally appropriate. Right. But no one really knows what that boogeyman is. We're just kind of afraid of it, and we don't really know what necessarily the consequences will be. We have a vague idea. Okay, no, well, people will talk, or I'll get ostracized, or, you know, so-and-so will say so-and-so to so-and-so, and things like that. But you don't really have a full-fledged idea of how bad the consequences could be. We just are told from a very young age that's very, very bad, so Mm. don't do it to a certain extent. Does that make sense? It does, because if you dig deeper, what happens is, unfortunately, what happens a lot is is we put people in buckets, Mm. and the way you're labeled follows you around, and and socially, uh, sometimes also where you work, etc. And, you know, a lot of the times... When you talk about socially, whether it's marriage or whatnot, a lot of it's done based on word of mouth, reputation, uh, background checks, etc. And so there's, there's always this fear to deviate from the expectation, you know, to not hurt your chances or, or tarnish your reputation or, or for any being outcasted in society and potentially losing. Uh, the reputation's big in this in the society. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Does that anything anything uh, I missed? Mm, not that you missed, but I have a little bit of a uh, different perspective. Okay. Uh, but before I jump into that, if you don't mind, just repeating the question, so I answer you head on. Sure. I don't remember what the question. Wait, the is question. This the, did you get the, out of jail the, the initial question. The, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think that sometimes people confuse culture with comfort zone, okay. and use it as a sort of get out of jail free card? Okay. Uh, sure. I personally think culture became culture for a reason. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's not a coincidence that this is our culture today. Uh, it's it's based on years of uh, practice. Uh, things uh, happened right, things happened wrong, and slowly that developed into okay, this is the way it is. Uh, and maybe part of the culture is to stay in 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 your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they're not two separate things. Right. Huh? Uh, this is my culture, so. Uh, and it's a comfortable culture. خلاص, I wanna, I don't want to challenge that. Why should I? Because maybe history told me if I challenge that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, maybe I'm digging a little bit into history, huh? But 150 years ago, if I challenge my culture, I'm outside of that tribe, so I'm out on my own, and and my survival is at risk. Correct. ف, ف, they're not that separate. Uh, that's one yani perspective I wanted to uh, to to include in in uh, in the answer. Um, that doesn't mean or or your follow up question to Muhammad was, how do we get out of that? Mm. I don't think we have to get out of it unless 
the situation allow or the situation asks us to redefine our culture and that's what we've been living i think in the last decade or so there are different socioeconomic uh, factors there are different ways of living different uh, due to globalization you encounter different uh, people culture etc so we are now at a point where we have to redefine mm-hmm. uh, and 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 that's why we are forced to tweak not because it's not because hey, our culture is bad and let's no but it's it's a natural uh, part of uh, adaptation so i think in response to that i completely first of all agree i mean of course the culture formed for a reason and especially back in the day you can't break culture because societies de- people depend on each other to survive i think when when i say um I I I don't want to ever say let's break culture or let's change culture because I actually really love the culture we come from because I feel like there's a lot of strength to be had from that culture. Mm-hmm. My point is that I feel whereas if you look at in other places in the world, I feel like here in 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 our Middle Eastern society and our Middle Eastern culture, we use the phrase we can't do this because of our culture. Fair. And that's I think where Fair. my my issue lies because culture at least in my opinion and we can debate this Mm -hmm. and i'd love to hear your opinion culture in my opinion is not static culture shifts and if i was going to look at my parents when they were my age and what culture was for them Mm -hmm. it's very different than what culture is for me now and so it's that statement of we can't do this because of our culture that i'm not a big fan of because i think culture is always evolving and always changing so if you're scared to do something just out of fear of breaking norms that's not the right reason not to do it i i i completely agree i i think it could be uh, part of a reason mm. but not uh, the only reason uh, definitely 100% uh, and i also do agree that it, that culture is not a static thing uh, uh, uh and and the point of time that we are in today is forcing us to redefine these things um i might be going uh, off on a tangent here but it's it's n- what what breeds responses uh that are let's not do this because of culture only i think is engraved in the education system believe it or not okay because i believe the education system does not build you up to be a critical thinker it builds you up to memorize <clears throat> and uh, you know go ahead and uh, write down what you memorized or say it out loud or whatever so we are not forced or cornered to reevaluate to rethink and and i believe that's why you get answers like culture that's why you get answers like religion and then there's a period after that word there's no explanation i think that's part of why at least I love that. Actually, I think that makes a lot of sense. So then let's delve a bit more deeper into that, considering the fact, I mean, we had the same education system, like you're talking about, where we're not really taught to, to think critically. Yet our generation, I feel, is challenging culture. Here we are, we're sitting, we're talking, we're having a podcast about culture. You guys are having debates about the different things that are happening in society. Why do you think we're at this kind of apex where everyone's kind of feeling okay no we need to have a talk about this and i don't and it's not just happening in kuwait i feel like it's happening all around the region so what do you think are kind of the colliding 
reasons for that, if that makes sense. Um, Can I jump in if you don't yeah, mind? Yeah, jump in. Kuwait and its neighbors uh, are being forced mainly because of what the internet brought to us. Okay. The last 20 years, you are uh, allowed to access information however you please and read whatever you want to read. Uh, nobody tells you, hey, this is right, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you're at the mercy of uh, the, you know, uh, your mobile and what you choose to click. Right. And that forced cultures like Kuwait that have these uh, these uh, habits. habits these habits engraved in them and forced societies that don't have these habits in, engraved in them, which, is, which are our neighbors. You still see that... Uh, Redefining culture, even though it's in a different way, it's still happening. And I think that's mainly due to the uh, easy access to information. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I completely agree. The title of this episode is That's Just the Way It Is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the way it is, is a very easy statement to believe when you don't have access to right. information of why that's not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now you so, could easily be like, actually, here's an article <laughs> that says so, otherwise. So, so you know what? No, I don't have to believe that's just the way it is. Yeah. I right. can sit here and debate you. But, but but there's a lot of value in, in the system that we have here mm-hmm. because it allows individuals to think differently and challenge. Mm-hmm. So the, we talked about cultural red lines. Um, you know, legally, you can get away with saying it. Like that woman from, uh, from the debate with a question or, mm. or a comment, she said, I don't know if I walk out, walk out of here alive, she said. Yeah. Um, legally, she'd be okay. There'd be no issue. Um, but what she was referring to is socially, mm. uh, according to culture, according to taboos that she has in her mind. Are you sure legally? <laughs> Depends on what she has to say, huh? I, I, well. Quite frankly, any. It was about uh, belief, maybe religion, and if you... Well, I I think the legal red lines are very clear here. Mm. Uh, You know, everybody knows them. Uh, You can count them on on one finger, right? Uh, But I I think the context she was referring to, she she actually said she'd lose her friends, she'd lose her family. So her friends and family, basically she was insinuating fear of judgment, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Uh, we'll never know. Um, maybe one day we'll get a hold of her and ask her. <laughs> now I'm curious. <laughs> so do you think social judgment is a big factor? A bigger factor than legal judgment huge. in our in our culture? Yeah, huge. There's a saying, and I'm going to say it in Arabic. If, if, if uh, you know, time doesn't uh, abide by your rules, you abide by its rules. Which is basically, if, you know, this is what's happening then do it. Uh, so, okay, I like that. I, go, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, um, in terms of the culture, cultural red lines, we had a debate on uh, the islands, developing the islands, whether open tourism should be used for the, for the islands. Mm. And by open tourism, we're obviously referring to the Dubai model, where mm. uh, there'd be resorts, uh, potential nightlife, etc., with all the, the, the stuff that come with it. Um, so we had a yes side and a no side, obviously. The yes side, when he came to state his position, his way of saying yes was, I'm not with the nightlife and I'm not against it. Mm. I'm with what the studies indicate. Okay. So that was his way 
of protecting himself mm -hmm. culturally, socially, mm -hmm. but yet telling us that he genuinely wants to open it up. So it's not me saying this; it's the, the facts. Stu the studies, <laughs> yeah. the studies said, yeah. Yeah. Don't ask me. Ask yeah. the studies. Mm -hmm. So obviously, the other side would 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 be a straightforward no. Mm. But that was his way of saying yes mm -hmm. uh, to his comfort level, mm -hmm. and 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 that's what we have in society. We, we you know, um, and 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 I guess that goes back to that being that trumping legal. Mm. So, in your opinion. And this is if someone wants to, let's say, because I mean, like we said, it depends on whether this is working for you, whether this is not working for you, whether there's something you want to do, but you're feeling uncomfortable or whether you're happy with the status quo. Mm -hmm. How does one get out of that's just the way it is mindset to the this is the way things could be mindset? Deep question. When you are forced to to reevaluate mm -hmm. and rethink yourself. Uh, rethink uh, your values I think that's the only time it's gonna make sense for you to say okay that's not the way it is this is the way it could be uh, because I think the way it is happened that way also mm. they were uh, under immense pressure that they needed to find a haven and that's the, uh, that's how they, they came to that haven they were challenged once and twice خلاص يعني life was too tough in this part right. uh, that they had to figure it out and uh, these situations are the only time in my opinion and and that's the way it is usually stems off of people um, looking at their surroundings and 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 picking off things from them like i mentioned in the beginning we usually hang out with like-minded people right and we think we are our circles are a microcosm of society but that's far from the truth. Um, there are people in society, there are groups in society that exist probably in majorities that you know none of us are aware of mm -hmm. and or don't interact with on a day to day. So in my opinion, um, the shift towards this is how it could be is for people to engage and interact with uh, different groups, different thinking people, um, you you might say, well, you do that at work, but not really, not necessarily. It stays on a shallow kind stays of stays on level. a shallow. Mm -hmm. Stay away from politics, stay away from religion, um, stay away from culture, mm -hmm. and you also tend most of the time to work in places with people. So, similar. So, for example, if you if you I don't know if you if you if you went to a university out uh, in the west in in finance or whatever, and you get into investment banking. You're probably going to have like-minded people who also yeah. went to Western universities, etc. Mm -hmm. And if you work for, uh, I don't know, maybe um, a government entity, um, same thing. The, the, the standard deviation is small, right? And 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 really, that was the whole point of our, our platform. We we wanted to hear from everybody, and and so when people start hearing different ideas and opinions, they start appreciating difference. They start appreciating ideas, and 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 you know what? When ideas bounce off, uh, even partial ideas might make, start to make sense, and 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 a tolerance level mm -hmm. towards different, you know, opposing views starts developing, and that really starts the conversation at a higher level, and people can start gravitating towards thinking about what could be. Well, that leads me to my last question, actually, which is, what is the lasting impact you would love to have from Nikashna? 
Um, sorry, I'm gonna go back. Go back to go the back. previous question. Right. We have time, yeah. Yeah, go okay. for it. I'm I'm gonna yeah, tell you a, a small story because I love hearing it. Yeah, uh, it's a story my grandfather always uh, tells me. Mm. Uh, it's about you know his time Kuwait when he was my age or a bit younger. Right. Uh, the way he says it is my. Uh, my father, maybe not his father, but you know the the economy back then mm-hmm. was split into summer months and winter months. Summer months they'd go uh, pearl diving mm-hmm. four months and then uh, uh, go ship uh, go to India, give them the pearls. And the way he'd say it is, we'd go pearl diving, and the pearls are not for our wives. You know, they are for uh, trade, yeah. so we can get spices, so we can get wood, so we can get etc. etc. And they'd come back with these things. Uh, they'd take only what they needed to take. And then the rest, during the winter, they'd go up to uh, Iraq, Iraq to Sham, and trade there again. And get uh, vegetables, get fruits, get things that don't grow in this part of the world. Right. So, w- the reason I bring the story up is... Uh, the way it is is because there is no other way back then right if there was any if it wasn't that way they might not survive it right. was it was up to that level but that's why it's that's why things are maybe so attached and uh, it's it's not like we had a choice right so listen don't think we did our homework we tried others tried and didn't succeed so don't bother uh, that's just something I wanted very to add. Interesting. Yeah, it's up to you, Fiona. No, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. We come from a culture where survival was the main aim of the mm-hmm. game at that mm-hmm. point. So you figured out how it worked, you stuck with how it mm-hmm. worked, because if you didn't, you would die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. so, and that's kind of the the mental state that you kind of bring with you, mm-hmm. uh, which which makes sense. I mean, there are, for example, if you look at it, to flip it on the uh, another side... I don't know how much how long we're going on this podcast, but anyway, I'll, I'll just describe it. So, um, so I was having a, a conversation with a psychologist who was talking about an interesting study about how, for us, mm. we come from people who only two or three generations ago mm. were going through a lot of hardship to survive, mm-hmm. and then now as a generation we have everything provided mm-hmm. for us, and we're not genetically Sorry. adjusted to that yet, Sorry. if that makes sense. Sorry. So you end up with a lot of people who have a very high level of anxiety, yeah. a very high level of unhappiness, and feeling aimless and not knowing what to do because you were so inser- you're so kind of designed mm-hmm. for hardship that this whole sitting around and having everything handed to you on mm-hmm. a silver platter, which if you're talking about the Gulf region specifically, happens a lot, mm-hmm. not necessarily in mm-hmm. other places in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it difficult for you to kind of adjust mentally. Definitely. definitely. So, so no, I completely yeah. understand where you're coming from with that. And and now to answer uh, what are the long-lasting effects. Yeah. Okay, which relates to the story and relates to what Muhammad answered. Uh, survival today is to remain relevant. Right. And to remain relevant, you need to communicate. Right. You need to understand different perspectives. You need to go out of your comfort zone. Because today it's not just, you know, uh, my idea, my neighbor's idea, whoever. No, no. It's my idea and the guy in China's idea and the guy in the U.S.'s idea. We're all there. It's a level playing field. And to remain relevant, 
means I need to exchange all these data points. I need to be open to them. I need to start implementing them, catering to them. And that's one of the... Uh, that's the main one of the main reasons why Nagashna is Nagashna and what I would like uh, yani its effects to be is to help guide us through the point that we understand in order to survive we need to stay relevant and we need to stay open to other people's points of view amazing okay well thank you guys so much for being here I know how busy you guys are um, where can people find out more about you guys and Nagashna online well we uh have social media, uh, Instagram, and we recently launched Twitter. Okay. And we've got a YouTube channel. All three of those platforms at Nikashna uh, in English, N I Q A S H N A. Amazing. Um, you can find uh, some of our debates. We release them on YouTube. Um, we don't. We didn't. We haven't released them all. Um, I think we've got three, and we're working on the fourth one, which you attended last time. Watch it, guys. It's going to be amazing. Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Twitter and... And on Twitter, you guys have some interesting stuff because you have uh, polls up there yeah. where, you know, you have, you can see like by percentage how many people voted one way versus the right. other way. Right, and, and we do the same on our Instagram story. And what we do is is even topics that we don't debate, uh, any hot topic in the in the public opinion, uh, sorry, in the, in the public's uh, domain, we raise it and we capture the the opinion of our base our followers and we ask them to interact to voice their opinions and we start posting amazing okay well thank you guys for being here thank you Mishad. thank you everyone for listening be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already on itunes soundcloud youtube and wherever you're listening to this uh we'll be releasing a new episode every week also please leave a comment let me know what you think if you have any questions or if there are any subjects or topics that you think we should cover you can find me on twitter and instagram at mishari alanazi links are in the episode description bye guys and stay safe Thank you.